Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nate Moore. This is another episode of Big Ideas from the Business Intelligence Guy. Did ideas that I hope will help your practice. What I want to talk about today is a project I've been working on for a while now. There's a new practice administrator comes into a group, and he's faced with two problems. Problem number one is they don't really have a good handle on their contracts. He knows he's got pair contracting issues, but they don't have a good handle on their contracts. And if your pairs are like their pairs, sometimes pairs are not in a mad rush to help you get information about your contracts or cooperate or be you know useful or helpful or any of that. So he said, all right, if we don't have our contracts yet and we don't want to wait until we can get all the contracts before we analyze our pair contracting, what can you do to help me? So that's problem number one. Problem number two is, yeah, we're not doing such a very consistent job of recording the adjustments in our practice management system either. And the practice management system is not all that friendly to get information out of in the first place, but we're not doing a good job of getting information in around the specific adjustments that have been made. In other words, was this a CO45 and a required adjustment, or was this a bad debt adjustment that we didn't necessarily have to make, but we made because we were too late at you know, collecting, or, or because we uh, didn't appeal it, or because our demographics were wrong, or what? why we made the adjustment, they don't know. So those are two problems. We don't have clean information on contracts, and we don't have clean information on adjustments, but we know we got pair contracting concerns. What do we do? So what we did is we said, all right, we know it's not perfect and we're not going to get perfect, but we got to get something that's at least halfway actionable. So we grabbed all of the charge and payment information that we could get out of the system for the current year and the prior year. And we threw it all in, uh, data mined it out of the practice management system, got it out of the practice management system so you can analyze it, right? And threw it in a pivot table. And so the idea of the pivot table was given the constraints, we don't have contracts, we don't have adjustments we necessarily trust, what can we do? So we by CPT code and description, we said, all right, let's do total units. How many of these units did we bill? What did we bill and what are our major CPT codes? And then we threw modifiers in there and said, all right, at least we can get a sense for some of the modifiers and is there a reason that some of these payments may have been up or down based on modifiers. So with that charges and or with the CPT code and the modifiers, then we went to charges and said, all right, we know we charged. We got that in there. We trust that information. So again, we can get a sense for volumes around what are our big codes in terms of units and our big codes in terms of dollars. And then say, okay, now what are we getting paid for them? Granted that we're not always going to get paid necessarily according to contract. Granted that we're not always going to get paid the contracted amount because you know patients may not pay everything that's due or whatever, but at least help us get a sense for it. So then we took those payments and we split them and said, all right, let's understand insurance payments versus patient payments and sum those and give us total payments so we can get a sense for dollars per CPT code and look at that over time and by payer. So we can say, does this payer more consistent than another payer? Maybe that's where we ought to start our payer contracting issues. Or is this payer consistently higher than the other for the same code? So we ought to go to this other payer first and you know look at payer B and contract with them because they're paying so much less, those kind of things. Once we had that, we said, you know, let's look at an average payment per CPT code. So we can, rather than look at total dollars, if we can look and say, hey, we're getting 105 versus 145 for the same CPT code, that kind of gave us a frame of reference to look at around our pair contracting problem. And then the next metric that we added was, all right, let's look at the insurance percentage of the total payments. So if the total payments on the CPT code, say, on average, are $100, is the insurance paying $80 of that or $95 of that? And try to compare that by payer to get a sense by payer of which payers are leaving the biggest balances for the patient and the biggest balances are getting paid by the payer and some of those kind of things to understand their contracts. 
the last source of information that we did that we, that, you know, we, we could trust was we went out to the Medicare Physician Fee Schedule. And in this group, we also went to the local state Medicaid fee schedule, downloaded both of those, threw them in our data warehouse, and then put that into our pivot table. So at least we can look at what's our average allowed or our average paid amount versus our average Medicare allowed versus our average Medicaid allowed and try to get a sense for holes, inconsistencies, red flags, that kind of thing. So that even with our two constraints, we, we don't have contracts yet and we don't really trust our adjustments. And we don't want to wait till we trust our adjustments to be able to do this analysis either. That's the way we approached it. And the reason I tell this story is two things. Number one, if you if you're in a similar situation, hey, you know, I'm new to practice and I don't have contracts and I don't want to wait for adjustments, but I, I know I got pair contracts and issues. Where can I start? Here's some ideas about where to start. The other reason I tell the story is I think sometimes we wait for the data to be perfect before we analyze it. And I think the perfect can be the enemy of the good and it can be the enemy of getting started. And so if you can't get everything you want, get something, some representative numbers. Maybe you don't have, you know, a whole year or a whole two or three years to analyze, but you can get a couple of months or you really don't have much historical data, but you can start tracking a day and in 30 days or 60 days or 90 days, you'll at least have enough to make an educated decision. Don't let the lack of data or the lack of good data keep you from making at least some kind of analysis and moving forward until you can get better data. That's the story for today's podcast. Thanks for joining me. I hope the ideas are helpful for you.